Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, so episode three of the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. We will be talking everything Wemby and the Spurs. Also got some baseball today to the delight of Chuck McAtinick. So uh, as always, I'm your host, Matt Roy. I've Don Harris, Chuck McAtinick back with us. Chuck, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Chuck, congratulations, old man. Big week for the McAtinick family. Indeed it was. Grew by one. Glad to have <laughs> a new by- member of the family. And yeah, just a great week, man. It's. I know Don's been through this before. This was a first time for me and Different, you know, though, because I had two boys, man. Marrying off a daughter's got to be different and probably tougher i don't know i can't i mean i i have no equal so i don't yeah. know all i know is i thought i was going to be okay until my daughter left me a really nice message <laughs> saturday morning and i think from that point on it was pretty much an out-of-body experience i can't <laughs> wait to see the videotape after all this and maybe i'll remember something that happened on saturday but what a blessing what a gift from yeah, god no, no question it took me till i saw the pictures to really remember everything from the did you day, did so. you ball right. when jordan walked down the aisle uh, I said, oh, bleep, when she walked down the aisle. Because we didn't do a first look or anything like yeah. that. So the first time I saw her wedding dress ever was when she when the doors opened and I saw her. And I was just like, "Did you get a little here, cheap here we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, what, I cried because, you know, I have my back to the bride. I'm looking at my two sons up there, or one, you know, each one at two different weddings. Anyway, when, that, when they cried is when I cried. And then my wife's like, Dude, you're going to need a handkerchief. I said, I'm going to need a dish towel. <laughs> there were a lot of a tears. Towel. It was yeah. good stuff. Good I, stuff. I'm also the biggest sap in the world, so I just cry no matter what. So I was a ball of emotion. It's a beautiful day. thing. Look, it's man, thing. I only cry when the movie Rudy is on, so I thought I was going to be all good until that message came in. And it was <laughs> it was a totally different experience, but... It was just like my own wedding, as you just said, Matt. I mean, I don't remember much about that, and I'm probably not going to remember much about this one either, other than, you know, that message is going to really stand out. I think the core, in, go the test of time. No, knowing the Mikatinics, I, I can imagine it was a good party. It was indeed. German beer flowing? <laughs> no, not that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy metal going on somewhere? Yeah, a little of that. There we go. There we make go. Its presence felt, Some Rongstein. Sure. <laughs> We're going to get right into Wemby Watch. So Wemby, the big news of the week and actually breaking today is that one, he will not be playing in Sacramento, uh, which we kind of assumed. Yeah. Uh, and two, he won't be playing for FIBA, which we did not assume. That, was, that one kind of took me by surprise. Let's uh, right off the bat here from Wemby uh, what he said this past weekend on the intense travel plans that he's been going through and, and his kind of schedule. Houses to visit, to, 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 to get comfortably installed in the city. I got to go, as he said, to, to the Nike headquarters in Portland. Most importantly, you know, lately I've had so much stuff to do off the court that uh, I got to go back to re- being really focused on, on practicing, on lifting, you know, because this isn't what I've done most in the, in the past couple of days in uh, you know, it feels, it feels really weird. 
So, Don, the uh, did any of that take you by surprise this week? Not really. I mean, I knew he wanted to play for France in the World Cup coming up in, in August. Not really feasible with what he's got going on. Um, he's got Nike. He's got all this stuff. Remember, this this guy's different. I mean, he's not he's not Jordan. He's not LeBron. He's he's Taylor Swift and Beyonce. I mean, this guy is huge right now. Hundred million dollar shoe contract, um, and he wants to play basketball, like you heard. And, and and the Spurs want him to play basketball. And I'm sure the Spurs convinced him. Look, man, if you want to have a good rookie year. And you want to play with these guys? You need to get you know get in here and get going with our development team. We can manage. And by the way, this kid has told Sean Elliott he is ultra health conscious, diet conscious, sleep conscious. Um, so I think he wants to get in here and develop on his timeline, limited minutes in summer league, not stress out too much with with FIBA. I think if he wanted to have played, the Spurs would have allowed him, just like they did Tony and Manu and all the other international guys, Patty Mills. But I think they probably expressed to them that their preference would be him not wanting to, and I think he's smart enough to have to butt into that. Chuck, do you think that was a it's a smart decision for them to hold him back a little bit because he just got done with the French finals. He's been playing. I think if he was to play this summer league and the French FIBA, it would have been like 172 games in in 18 months for a, for a 19 year old kid who's still growing. So, do you think that's a smart idea? Right. I mean, I think now what we're seeing is is. Victor Wimbanyama is a brand and a corporation in and of itself, right? And to all the things that you just said makes perfectly good sense, right? He is coming off a grueling season, a taxing season, a season that went, you know, all the way to their finals in that league he was playing in in France. And so I think on the surface, you know, when he's saying beforehand, look, I can't wait to go to FIBA. I can't wait to beat the United States. You know, I really believe that. But now, you know, it's bigger than just him in a lot of ways. And, you know, he's saying all the right things beforehand about, you know, he was going to leave it up to the team. But the bottom line is, if you're getting all these millions from Nike, you're going to have a huge brand and you're going to make all this money off who you are as a player. There's a lot at risk if he's going over there and playing basically bully ball with teams are trying to, you know, punch their way to get into the into the Olympics, I mean, there's a lot at stake here. So do I think it's smart? Yes, absolutely. You know, do I think he's probably a little beat up about it? Yeah, I think that too. But, you know, this is kind of the path that he's chosen. If you want to play in the NBA and you want to make millions and you want to have a brand and you want all these things, then there are going to have to be some sacrifices along the league, along the way. Yeah, and I think this didn't hit him until New York. Because when he got to New York – it was throwing out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium, opening up a school, doing morning TV, Good Morning America's and Today Show and Robin Roberts and Lester Holt and all those kind of things. Then he's drafted and has two hours of a media gauntlet on a private jet to San Antonio, photo shoots, meet the fans, press conferences. He gets done with that. It's a private jet to Nike in Portland. And he's probably thinking, "Hold, oh, I got to look at the calendar. There is no. When am I gonna? When am I just gonna work out and lift and get these games?" I think he really wanted to play for France. I don't think he knew it was ahead of him until it hit him. 
I think we and you look at that uh, the shoot around that they had at the media day, and it went viral that he missed like five shots in a right, row, and it was right. just like those are probably the first shots he's taken in like a week and a half after all this. He just came off a you know press I mean? conference. Like, he was there to wear the uniform and get yeah, some pictures. It was, it he wasn't was even trying. Out. It was blown out like crazy Stupid. for no reason. But um, <laughs> but it do, it just doesn't make any sense to me why people would be like, ah, oh, he's he's our, the Spurs are already like controlling his mind, and it's like no. no, he's had so much going on. Like I don't think any of us have had that busy of a week in our entire lives. Like, and, and think about this what pop and those guys are saying brian Wright and pop i think they've learned a little bit from Kawhi after having 20 years of guys that always fell in line pop and, and brian everything they've said is we're gonna let victor be victor we're gonna work with him we're gonna work with his people we want him to be comfortable we want them to be comfortable so I, there's no way the spurs said you cannot play that goes really well into the next topic so don you so I kind of dubbed uh, Wemby the anti-Kawhi in our last pod and this week on, on TV. And we talked a little bit about it on the last podcast about how there's been a lot of questions to Spurs higher-ups about how they're going to integrate themselves and their programs with Wemby's team, who is like a team of thousands almost, basically. And so let's hear a little bit from, uh, from Brian Wright just about his answers over the last week and a half about uh, how they're going to integrate their team and Wemby's team together. I think you have to treat each individual differently um, and understand each individual as they come. And so not comparing one to any of the others. And with each person that we've had come through the organization from superstar to role player to whatever they may be, I think you learn from each one and you have to build a structure and an environment that's conducive for all of your guys. We'll try to put the infrastructure that fits the organization, the team, and obviously that person best. Are there plans to bring the trainer over to San Antonio? Um, I don't know. It's it's uh, obviously they definitely have a, a great relationship and he's done some unique uh, things with, with Victor. And so we obviously will want to learn and um, see how things go. But he's done tremendous work with Victor to this point. Um, and so we'll, we'll see where that goes. You guys lived through the Kawhi mess. Um, I wasn't here, but I watched it from afar. What sense do you get that this is going to be different? Oh, these people are more quality people than Uncle Dennis. Um, these people, I think, have, have Victor's best interests at, at heart and no personal interest in benefiting financially off of their nephew or son or whatever. I think that's the biggest difference. They also seem to be a very grounded, uh, smart athletic family mom and dad who who've had a plan for this and who put him in the right positions since the time he was five years old he's got great agents Buna lives up in, da in the Dallas area who he's got other French players like Jan Mahimi and he's had Boris and others he's in good hands with those people and those people I think trust the Spurs and I think the Spurs trust those people I think this is going to be a pretty pretty much different relationship than, than Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, right? I mean, because I think we're talking about, obviously, two individuals that are different, and we don't know how the story's ever going to end up playing out. But, you know, I would look at these as two separate players. And, you know, as far as Kawhi's concerned, I mean, that was you – know, the problem I had with most of what was going on when Kawhi was here was all of a sudden, you know, Kawhi's already making a lot of money, but it was clear that he was saving himself – to make sure that he got his next mega deal. And, you know, there are a lot of stories that went around 
during that Western Conference Finals where they were up big in game one and, you know, he'd come off of already two or three sprained ankles, sprains his ankle again, and, you know, that maybe he didn't want to play the rest of that series because he didn't want to do any further damage to the ankle when he's already looking at even more gargantuan dollars down the line. So, you know, I can't say that it didn't work out well for Kawhi because he got paid and then he ended up winning another championship. So, you know, it's not exactly the Spurs way, but for Kawhi Leonard, things worked out pretty well in terms of how his career went. But, you know, I just, it's just hard to believe that, you know, from what it seems like Victor Wimbanyama is, it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to reach that kind of a point. I just, I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. And you look at Kawhi's health now where it's basically just gone downhill where they load manage him and to the point where This is always the case. They load manage him to the point where they're like, We're saving you for the playoffs and then you get into the playoffs and he won't even he can't even play then. So. He had degenerative knee tendinosis, not tendinitis. From the time he was here, the Spurs knew it. That's why they never offered him the max, no matter what anybody says. They never offered it to him. And he he went up and got his own trainers and all that kind of stuff. They knew that it was an injury that was going to get worse, but that you could play on. And he decided, and he, in that famous players-only meeting, when Tony and Manu were at the end of their careers and they wanted him to go to war with them in the playoffs for them to have a chance one more time, when they both had played with broken elbows and other things, he said, no, no, not, I'm out. And he alienated himself from his teammates and from the organization, and that, and that was it. Yeah, I can't see Wemby doing that just from the sense that, that I've been getting from him is if he's to go, it's because he wants the bigger market, but not because of anything that has to do with what the Spurs have done to him or anything like that. Like, it's not it's not going to be the Spurs wronging him or them butting heads being the reason that he, he just leaves. got here. Let's not run right. him off yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. My bad. Don't, don't listen to this one. Don't listen. So what's next with the uh, Spurs roster? The biggest free agent that they have is not even a free agent. He's a restricted free agent. So the Spurs can re-sign him uh, to an offer sheet and match whatever offer sheet he gets. And that's uh, Trey Jones. And Trey Jones has been a really integral part of the community efforts that the Spurs have had. Uh, he's done a lot with the Uvalde families. He's done a lot uh, for the Spurs and for the city of San Antonio. So let's hear a little bit from uh, Brian Wright on him and on Zach Collins. What do you prioritize going into the offseason? Sleep first. Um, and then after that, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll have some conversations internally uh, about direction and, and things we want to do, and, and then we'll work from there. Yeah, so so Trey will be a restricted free agent, um, and so we'll have to work through that process. But he's been great for us. Um, he's meant a lot to the program. He is quiet glue, um, and so we'll see what happens there. And, and yes, Zach will be with us next year. To me, it's going to be interesting how they build this roster. I don't think there's anybody over 26 that's currently under contract. It seems to me that they need a that they need an adult in the room. That they for need sure. a, that they need a Jonas Valanciunas. That they need a PJ Tucker. That they need somebody just to 
be there as a voice of reason. Would that be a, a, an accurate assessment? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just how do you want to play the timeline, right? I mean, I, we've all talked about this kind of off camera. And for me, I, I would have no problem playing the slow game. The best thing to me about where they're at is they've got Victor. They've got other good pieces already in place. They're not overpaying anybody for the most part, I should say. Uh, and that's kind Dur- of a weird I think Doug term. McDermott's their biggest contract, right? Yeah, about 15 So, million. I mean, but the cap's in good shape. And the best part about rookies is rookie contracts. So, you know, I would play it this year is let's see what we've got with what we've already got in-house. And then, you know, let's, let's see if that bears any fruit just with the guys that we have here. Not- I mean, I don't think there's any need to go out and start – you know, throwing cash at the Kevin Durant's of the world or whoever may be out there as a free agent. I Even mean, though they have the money to do so. That's right. right. But, I mean, you, you don't, you're not forced into making bad deals right now. Why, why would you do that if this kid's not ready to win, right? So Giannis, believe it or not, is in year 10. And, and, and Giannis was ready to win and win. Year 5, he was 190 pounds and, you know, put on 50 pounds and got to 240. Giannis wasn't ready to win as a rookie. Th- this kid may not be rookie of the year. Brandon Miller might be a better player in year one. I don't think he's going to be rookie of the year. So so here's what Brian Wright told me. I don't want to step on your toes if you're going to play that bite next. But Brian Wright told me, he said, look, this group, this team will decide when we decide to make a move. So that to me says if Wimby is crushing it by the All-Star break and it's apparent that he's averaging 25 and 20 and he's an all-star much less rookie of the year and they're on track to win 45 games they might make a move at the all-star break at the trade deadline why not if you can win but he said if he's not he didn't say that i'm saying that if he's not ready to win and the team's not ready to win then you wait till next summer or the summer after that or whenever but brian writes like hey we've got these good young guys Devin, jeremy malachi uh uh, Keldon, Wemby, I don't know about Trey on the restricted free agent thing. I think they'll match if it's reasonable. If it's not reasonable, they'll right. look at another direction. But anyway, th- how good they are as a group, that will decide what the Spurs do. Because the Spurs aren't going to go get them a big piece to make them better. They're going to be better, and then you go get them a big piece to win. You alluded to it. Let's hear from Brian Wright. Can you give a little bit of a time frame on when you think the Spurs this is exactly what he said? Playoff contender. I wish I could, but that's up to the guys that go play, um, and they dictate that that timeline. And even prior to this year, you know, those are conversations we you have with current players. Like this young group, you guys will dictate the time and the speed of how in which we build. And we're not done. You know, we got to continue adding to that mixture of things that allows us to grow but we're excited about the the players and what we have to to start with now they also have from my calculations 12 first round picks in the next five years 14 second round picks in the next five years if any spurs fan thinks that they're gonna that means 26 new players for them on this roster i think they're sadly mistaken they would be danny ainge 10 years ago to keep all those picks once they got once the poker chips yeah exactly i mean you have all of the tools to build a roster and build a huge long winner. They're not going to strike too fast and make a move that they are going to regret. They're not going to sign someone to a five 
make see, let's say Fred Van Vliet. They're not going to sign him to a five-year max deal and kind of hamper their mobility in a, in future years. It just doesn't make any sense, especially when you have such a young core. But let's just say, let's say somebody like Trey Young had two years left and he's disgruntled and he wants out by the trade deadline and you're pretty good. You have the money and you have the picks to to make that deal if you th- and I'm not this is just a name, right? This is a hypothetical. If there was somebody like that that you believed in it can make you better and they might want to be here long term and play with Wimby. That's the thing, Chuck. We we've been here all this time when nobody wanted to come to San Antonio. Now, if you're a veteran, just like KD chose Phoenix, you might have with Pop and Wimby, depending on what he shows, you might have a place where guys might say, that's where I want to go. You have all these picks to trade for that guy. But again, I don't think they do that until they're ready to win. Yeah, I don't think that, you know, just my sense is that a lot of guys want to come here to play. But everybody I heard from was who wouldn't want to play with Tim Duncan, right? If you have a selfless superstar that legitimately is for everything that he is as a guy and as a player, a max player guy. If you have a selfless guy like that, that is the focal point of your team and everything that Wemby seems to be about seems to scream the same type of thing. I mean, then all of a sudden, you know, guys' perspective changes on where you want to play. I mean, sure, the young guys want to play in New York, L.A., Golden State, you know, the glitz and the glamour. But this proves, like every other guy in the league, it doesn't matter where you're playing. You can be Kevin Durant and be a super, superstar and play in Oklahoma City. You can be a Tim Duncan playing in a San Antonio and be a super superstar if that's what you really want to be. I don't know that Tim ever wanted to be any of that. He just wanted to win ball games. Right. So, you know, it's it's just a fascinating thing that, you know, all that stuff about not wanting to play will change sure drastically if they're winning and if they think they can win with a young kid that looks like he's going to be all world. I just think that this season just taking the season in a vacuum, they need somebody. They need an enforcer. They need somebody who's going to put put someone's button on the ground. Yeah, I if, think Zach Collins could be that guy. Yeah. Zach Collins no might be able to. Jonas, Val- Jonas Valanciunas, uh, yeah. Stephen Adams, maybe. Yeah, somebody, somebody yeah. like yeah. that. That's just like Wemby. I got your back. Yeah, and it, but you know what? I, I said that last week. I think on this podcast, Sean Elliott kind of changed my mind on that. Sean Elliott on Dan Patrick's show said that. This is not your 80s NBA where you right. need Rick Mahorn or Bill Lambeer. This yep. is, you know, everybody's like, oh, the guy from Albert Singwin or whatever his name is in Houston that bullied him when they were in France. And there's video, viral video of him just posting up Wimby and shoving him under the basket and dunking on him. Like, how's Wimby going to guard Jokic in the post? I get that. He's not going to guard Jokic. Mm-hmm. He, he's going to play on the perimeter. He he's gonna face the basket. But also, if you see the teams that made it to the NBA Finals this year, Aaron Gordon is that for the Nuggets. You have um, uh, Jimmy is that for the Heat. You have the those guys who have that grit, have that veteran experience, and are they the, need that? They need that veteran experience for really sure bad this year. They need yep. that veteran experience for sure, and that's why I'm all in on PJ Tucker or somebody like that. But I don't know that he needs to put on 50 pounds and and worry about posting people up down low. I think he's going to be just fine. That I agree with. I don't think he needs 50 pounds. Um, so let's shift gears. Let's get to Chuck's forte. 
some baseball. We had a uh, in San Antonio a big moment again for like the third time this year uh, with another San Antonio kid or or the surrounding area making it to the majors uh, this week with uh, Jordan Westberg. Let's hear uh, his interview before the game and then the thing that'll give you chills, which is his first at bat. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. cherishing this opportunity going to try to soak it all in and uh, at the same time trying to contribute any way I can to help this team win. To get the call while they're at home and then play your first big league game in Camden Yards, what does that mean? It's special, uh, super special. I've only been here a handful of times, obviously never to play here, so I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, I've heard a lot about the crowds and the, the atmosphere and environment, so I'm looking forward to it. Two down in the inning, and now here is your moment. Family and friends who have made the trip up to see Jordan Westberg, who walks in his first big league plate appearance. In a monsoon, mind you, that first plate appearance. I think they delayed the game right after that at bat. It was pouring on, on the young man. But that's the I think the second time we've had a someone from San Antonio uh, make their major league debut after Bryce Miller. What did what did uh, Bobby Alford, his high school coach, tell you, Chuck? And who is this kid? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, you have a seminal moment like this. Everybody's super excited. I mean, and thanks to Masson, by the way, for the great job that they did. They made that entire game, as good as the Orioles have been all year, they pretty much made that entire game about this player and his family. It was really, really yeah, it was. something. They've they had a, a bit of experience job. this year with how young that team is. but <laughs> Yeah, it's it was pretty impressive. But, you know, Bobby Alford obviously had a lot of nice things to say about not only Jordan but his family. I mean, this is a, a good, hard-nosed kid, always been a worker, first guy in, last to leave. Bobby shared a story. Well, you know, they, they got in late from playing at either Judson or East Central, and, you know, they had 7 o'clock waits the next day and he was the first guy in there and it, you know I, other people texted me saying yeah I mean I drive by that stadium or practice field late at night and there he was hitting off a tee I mean just who this guy is he's a ball player but you know what I find fascinating is this dude was lighting it up in AAA I mean here we are late June this kid's hitting 295 he's got 18 homers 57 RBIs and 64 games in AAA Norfolk and not complaining, not beating his chest. Why aren't I there? I mean, this dude, he plays second, he plays third, he plays short. They, they had him in the outfield for a couple of games. I mean, this guy could be a really key piece for them that they had, you know, simmering in the minor leagues. Just a great story. And again, I just can't remember, Don, and it's been a while, where we had this many guys yeah. not only getting called to the major leagues, but kicking butt once they got there. I mean, it's it's been a good 20 years since we've seen this. Yeah, yeah. And... I mean, I'm so, not to change the subject at all, but I'm just, we got Josh Young fever too because this kid, I mean, I, 
could he be Mike Trout? Could he be the next superstar in baseball? Like, what about like I, a Chipper Jones? I think Westberg's going to be a great player, but I mean, th- I think we were talking about Jordan. I mean, Josh is being like a Hall of Famer. On the, I mean, he's getting ready to be the first Texas Ranger to to start a All Star game as a rookie ever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so yeah, I mean that that co- like we knew Josh was good. When he was at Texas Tech and his first round draft pick and all that, I didn't know he was going to be this good. You got four guys right now. James MacArthur just got called up by the Royals, hasn't made his debut yet, but it should be coming in the next couple of days since they just used all their great relievers, Raldis Chapman and Barlow, last night. We got Bryce Miller, another new Braunfels kid who made his uh, debut this year. He's 5 and 3 with a 388 ERA. He's got the fifth best, best odds to win the AL Rookie of the Year, and he got called up just 10 starts ago. In his. Ten starts. He has eight of them, allowing three runs or fewer. Six of the ten been one run or less. He had two blow-up starts uh, a couple of weeks ago. He had a seven ERA game or a seven earned run game and an eighty earned run game. But besides that, he has just been on fire. And then you mentioned Young. I mean, the MacArthur grad. He's probably going to be a start in the All Star game. He's leading the AL Rookie of the Year race uh, over top of Masataka Yoshida for uh, the Red Sox. Got fifteen homers, forty-four RBI. 270 batting average, and he's got a 2.1 wins or bone replacement, which is even more impressive. Those are trout-like numbers. The whole thing is just mind-blowing, right? And in fact, the three of those guys are New Braunfels unicorns. I mean, so James Great MacArthur mascot. was two year right, two years <laughs> younger than Bryce and Jordan, but in Bobby Alford only coached two of those guys. But I mean, what in the heck is in the water? Obviously, in New Braunfels, and you know, how is New Braunfels not winning state championships? <laughs> That's what Bobby said yeah, Bobby too. He's like, I know everybody's looking at me. Get him fired. Well, it's tough when you're playing the Reagans and the Johnsons yeah. every year in round one of the playoffs. But it's just really, really, really cool to see all this good stuff happening on the baseball front. Thank God, I'm not even talking about how many guys that we got are legitimate studs in the minor leagues on their way up. I mean, Josh's brother Jace. I mean, I could go on and on there too. So. It's even cooler that Josh is doing it for the for the Rangers. Yeah, uh, he's doing it for one of his teams that he wanted to play for. There's so. no doubt. I, I I'm paying attention to him probably a little bit more because of that. But um, still, I mean, plus he's just a really likable kid. He is. He got the he had to shave the neared though. So he did. Well, his nickname's Captain America, and it's Hap. I mean, this guy does all the right things. It was a little bit of a tough stretch going into the other day's ball game, and. Somebody snapped a photo. It was an hour or so after the ball game, and kids on there on the field in Arlington after the game. Nobody on the field, just he, a bag of balls, and a tee, and he's hitting. And then, you know, the other night he got the game tying hit against uh, who are the Rangers playing right now? I can't even remember. It was Detroit. Yeah, yeah Detroit. Detroit. That's right. So, you know, and you could see there was a little sigh of relief. He kind of fist bumped the first base coach there. But I mean, this guy is a workaholic and. You know, like his dad told me, I mean, he may fail, but it won't be because of hard work. Shout out to my guy Spencer Torkelson, ASU alum. So there you go. Good for him on uh, on the uh, the Tigers. Before we get out of here, I heard you say RBIs. Do you say RBIs or RBI? RBIs. I know it's grammatical. I'm an RBI guy. It's, nah. it, the abbreviation is runs batted in. Correct. I know. It's not going to be runs batted in. I call them ribs, ribeyes. <laughs> That's the good thing about baseball. It's a language all to it's, itself. It's one so. of those things that, yeah, technically you're correct. <laughs> and somebody decided to fix that in the early 2000s. But no, if you're Chuck and I say it's RBIs. Yeah. All right. Well, I just heard it, and I, that's been a debate that's always cracked me up for my whole life. So uh, that's pretty much all we got this week. Quick Which brings re- me 
to a great, well, in with this funny story. Chuck, I won't name her name, but she was a sportscaster at, I believe, uh, Fox National, um, back when they had, Fox Sports had baseball. And uh, she said, she was reading Prompter, and she said, Roger Clemens is the greatest pitcher of his ERA. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody had written ERA. Oh, God. (laughs) She's trying so hard to be a baseball person. She said, Roger Clemens is no doubt the greatest pitcher of his ERA. He did have a pretty darn good ERA, but, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, That's all we got for you this week. Quick reminder, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. And the YouTube version will have elements, uh, video elements, excuse me, of all the sound bites and some other plugged-in video along the way. I'll have some more of the Jordan Westberg first game on there so please download subscribe rate review unsubscribe resubscribe re-rate re-review helps us out a lot once we get some feedback we will read it on the podcast and we will have more Wemby watch on monday anything else guys no if you want to see the interview we did with bryce miller a couple weeks ago that's there the josh young stuff is there both sets of parents are on there good stuff i at my age I'm sure Don would say the same thing. It's more fun talking to the parents than it is the kid at this point, just to see the thrill that they're getting watching their kids be big like it's, it's like getting interviews with uh, the kids and the coaches. It's like, I hear from the coaches all the time. Let's hear from the kids, you know? Right. Oh, and their parents are so proud, yeah. Yeah, especially when we start doing some high school stuff in, in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be stoked to talk to all those kids. But All right, we'll see you right back here on Monday.